Salvete omnes. Let's review the imperfect past tense. How do we say I used to write letters? Epistolas scribebam. And you used to read books? Libros legebas. Can you remember what this sentence means? Dum volabat corvus was weeded. While it was flying, the crow saw a vessel. Here, the perfect tense is used to interrupt the ongoing imperfect tense. The conjugation for the perfect tense is more difficult to learn than the imperfect. Therefore, we're going to take this tense slowly. Look at the next sentence. Weenum bibi. Remember, bibo means I drink. So try to associate the long O with the long I of bibi. So this means I drank wine. And remember, the perfect tense refers to past actions that were completed at one time. How would we say I drank enough? Satis bibi. Remember, if you're satisfied, you've had enough. Here's another conjugation. Nimis bibisti. You drank too much. Nimis means too much or excessively. It kind of looks like numerous, if that helps you remember. And the word for you drank is bibisti. Similar to the present tense, this contains bibis. And then we add T so we can tell it apart from the present. But then here's something weird. We can't tell the difference between the perfect past tense and the present tense for the third person conjugation. They're both bibit. Latin relies heavily on context. However, the third person is only the same for certain verbs, as we'll see. So what are the two meanings the next sentence could have? Quid bibit? What did he or she drink? Or what is he or she drinking? Now say, I am reading a book. Librum lego. The past tense for this verb changes a little. The stem becomes leg with a long e. So say now, I read a letter. Epistolum legi. And do you remember how to ask, what are you doing? Quid facis? Here's the past tense now. Quid fecisti adie? What did you do today? We saw this word hadie in paternoster, and the perfect past tense of fakis uses the stem fake. This is what's hard about the perfect past tense. There are several different patterns of conjugation. Thankfully though, all verbs use the same endings. So once we learn these, we will always be able to identify a verb in the perfect past tense when we're reading or listening. In English, we actually have the word frangible, meaning fragile, which might help you learn this word, frangere, which means to fracture or shatter. So what does this mean? Non was frangere atarat. He couldn't break the vase. And here's the reason. Quod nimis firmis erat. Because it was too strong. 
The word firmes can mean things like firm, strong, steadfast, etc. This full sentence will be in the story. If you've been to the dentist, you may have heard them call tartar calculus. And if you've never been to the dentist, you probably need to go. <laughs> One of the meanings of this word is pebble in Latin. So you can imagine little pebbles being scraped off your teeth. And this is a second declension noun. So how do we say he saw pebbles? Calculos weeded. In the next sentence, the first word contains the prefix post and means finally or last. Post. So how do we say he saw pebbles? Calculos weeded. In the next sentence, the first word contains the prefix post and means finally or last. Postremo calculos weedit et problema solvit. Finally, it saw some pebbles and solved the problem. The second half is easy, right? It's practically the same as English. And notice that we don't need to say the word some since it is understood from context in Latin. How do we say come here? Hikweni. This can also mean I came here, if you remember from Caesar's famous saying, Weni Widi Wiki. Try to say now, nobody came. Nemo Wenit. And this can also mean nobody is coming. We can add the prefix per to this word to give it the meaning of coming completely. So, what would this mean? To arrive or reach. Remember, something that is permanent remains completely. And when you permute two things, you completely swap one thing for the other. Try to say now, I arrived today. And in the story, we will see the following sentence. Aqua ad summum perwenit. This is talking about the water in the vase. And do you remember that summus means the top or summit? So this means the water reached the top. Look at this sentence now. Calculos in aquam posuit. If you pose something, you put it somewhere. Posuit is the past tense of he or she put. So this means he put the pebbles in the water. Aqua is accusative because there is movement involved. Finally, in the story, you'll see consecutive sentences starting with these three words. Primo, dende, and denique. We already know that dende means then, and you may be able to guess that primo means first. Denique is used to say, and then, or finally. So we can see that these words are used to narrate a sequence of events. Let's start the story now. Non vas frangera poterat, quod nimes firmes erat. Postremo calculos vidit et problema solvit. Primo corvus calculos ad vas portavit. Dende in vas posuit. Denique aquad summum pervenit et corvus bibere poterat. 
Did you notice there was an additional pattern in the word portawit? There are a lot of different forms in Latin, but the best way to acquire them is through lots of repetition, through comprehensible input. That's why I teach through stories and lots of example sentences. Because we don't learn languages, we get used to them. Fifteen courses in. We do not learn language, per se. However, we get accustomed to it. We get used to it. We normalize it and internalize it and use it externally while immersing ourselves. Speak to ourselves in a new language and speak to the outside world in a new language. We are in fact rewiring the undeveloped brain. Ancient languages, ancient civilizations, ancient energies will always be reincarnated. For one that does not know their past will never know their future and be able to enjoy the present, which is the true gift of life. With the paradox of time being, if I only knew then what I know now. Latin. We learned it back then. We know it now. <laughs>